Good morning, welcome back to Aliyah Yomi. Today we're going to be learning Bechokaisai Shlishi, the third Aliyah in Parshas Bechokaisai. This is a heavy Aliyah, it contains mostly the curses. It actually starts off with a few psukim at the beginning that refer to the blessings, the end of the blessings, and then it goes straight into the curses. Um, the, the Aliyah runs from Perak Chovov Pasuk Yud all the way to Perak Chovov Pasuk Mem Vov. So we're talking about 36 psukim, a very long um, parasha, which is a very long section in the Torah, and it's actually usually read once you start the curses in an undertone because it's a very sad time. It's describing if Bnei Israel don't listen. So let's start at the beginning. The beginning talks about the remaining blessings that if they if people follow in the, the the ways of Hashem, they'll they'll have their old food will be they'll, it will be so plentiful and the new food will be so plentiful. They have to take out the old food to replace it with the new food. New food. New food. They will have the establishment of Hashem's Mishkan. Hashem says, "I'll may place my." Dwelling among you, I'll never be, I'll never revulse you, and I'm going to walk with you, and I'm going to be with your God, you'll be my nation. That's that's what the, the end of this. I'll break your, the, the yokes of your servitude, and I will bring you up in a standing position. Very beautiful descriptions. But then we have, if you don't listen to all these things, if you despise my statutes and you don't and you, you revulse my laws, then says Akash Baruch Hu, I'm going to have to do this to you as well. And there's a whole list of very terrible things that are listed in this Aliyah. There's the, the plagues and diseases that are sent upon Israel. Then there are going to be how Hashem will send the enemies against you and your enemies will chase you and, the, and you will flee even when they're not chasing you anymore. You'll be paranoid. I'll break your pride, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'll make sure that the skies no longer give forth, the, give forth any rain and your land never, gives, never has any dew upon it. And you'll, you'll spend all your time involved, invested in trying to, create, to bring out fruit of the land and at the end of the day it won't work. It will, the, the lad will not give it, and if you, if you, says, if you go with me in a happenstance way, away, and, I, and then I'm going to add seven, I'm going to give you sevenfold um, in terms of punishments. And we hear all the terrible things, about the wild animals which are going to, going to enter the land, and we're going to hear about um, the, the, the cherev, no, chemist, no, cambris, and the sword that will come through your land, and you'll be trapped in sieges in your land, and you're going to be um, going to be limited in food. There'll be ten women using one oven to bake their bread, and you're going to be selling bread and, and food based on the mishkal, based on the measurements. It's, it's, it's terrible, terrible things. And at each stage, there are different. There, there, there's the refra- the returning refrain, which is, if you don't listen to me, then I'm going to add more. If you're going to keep going by carry with me, with in a, in a happenstance way, you look at me in a happenstance way. I'm going to carry on go, do, doing these these things to you. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu describes how he's going to destroy the idol worship areas that Israel has been used. I'm going to destroy and make the land desolate and the land will then get back its Shabbos, that the, the, all the Shabbos all the days of its of its Shemitah that were not observed as well um, will, will be returned and brought back to it. People will, will, will perish. And people will, try, will fall over each other. There won't ever even be anybody who is chasing you. And uh, the Nisharim Bochem uh, the remainders will be sent into, into Golis, will be sold as slaves into all different kinds of terrible places, and I will bring my anger upon you. And at the end of the Aliyah, Hashem says, But I'll remember the covenant with Yaakov, Yitzchak, Avram, and the land, and I'll bring you back, because I will not despise you. 
I will not remove, fully remove you from the land. I'll not fully remove you from my heart. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, and I'm going to bring you back if you keep these commandments. So it's a very, very uh, powerful, very sad aliyah. It's, it requires a lot of in-depth analysis, but a few basic points. Is, well, first of all, what are the patterns in our aliyah? So the first pattern that's worthwhile noting is the seven steps. So Rashi points out that, uh, quote, quoting the Medrash over here, the Sifra, which is a very powerful Medrash, is that really there are seven things that we do which will warrant seven levels of punishment which are described in our Aliyah. So what are those seven things? Rashi says the first is loy lamad, is that we, still, we don't learn. It's not of interest to us to learn the laws of God, to understand what it is that He wants from us. And that's a very easy first step to slip to slip down into. We think we know, we, we, you know, we hear about things, we, comment, we read headlines and we think we know what's going on in Judaism, but we don't really know what's going on. What does that lead to? The next thing it leads to is loyasah. Because we don't know, we don't do. So if a person, let's say, doesn't know, doesn't learn halachas of Shabbos, not interesting to them to learn hilchah Shabbos, too dry, too complicated, too, too extensive, then ultimately they're going to end up making mistakes because in the end of the day, if you don't know what to do, you are going to not do the right thing. Then the third level is moyes ba'acherim ha'osim, is to despise other people who are or who are doing um, the, the mitzvahs, which means to say that, let's say that they're coming back to the Shabbos example, a person doesn't learn about the halachas of Shabbos, so a person doesn't really know what to do in this situation. If other people are doing what's correct, they, this person is more careful about this halacha on Shabbos, and you don't know and you don't care because you didn't learn it and now you're not keeping it, you start saying, why are they being so frum? Why are they being so annoying? Then, 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 Everybody, it's because of those the, those rabbis, those teachers, they're making everybody go sugar about all these things. Why? Where did it come from? It came from the fact that one wasn't interested in, in learning, therefore one wasn't interested in doing, and therefore one got upset about other people who are doing, and therefore one gets upset with the people who, who remind us of what our tradition is. And then finally, then you stop saying, you say, you know, in my house, this is not the way it's going to be done. You, 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 this is not the way you do things. I, I, I know, and I, I've always done it this way. You're not allowed to do it in this way. Then finally, this, the sixth level is you deny it. You say, you know what, this is just nonsense. I know what, what Judaism is. This is the way we always used to do it. This is not a part of the mitzvahs. This particular aspect of Shabbos, it's not. That's not. That's not what, what, what we do. And finally, kofa ba'ikar, and that leads to finally denying. Well, if that's what Hashem really wants. That's really part. That's not. That's not my cup of tea. That's not how it works. Rashi says that these are seven levels of how a person gets to it. It all just starts from a lack of learning, a lack of awareness, which leads to lack of doing, and ultimately all these t- seven steps of involvement. Rashi, quoting this, says, and that's why there are seven levels of punishment which are described. The Aliyah keeps saying there's seven levels of punishment. Why? For seven levels of desisting. Another pattern to notice in Aliyah is the word carry. Carry literally means the word mikre, which means happenstance, which is kind of like a cause-effect way of looking at the world, as opposed to the system of hashkacha klalis or pratis, where Hashem has providence. Providence is that Hashem controls things. Carry is that things just happen. It just, you know, all kinds of things happen. Says the Orach HaMakadosh that if you live in a world, if you want to see that everything is happenstance and not godly, then Hashem says then even the punishments I give you will be happenstance as well. You're not going to be able to see because I did A, B happened. You're going to do A and M1 will happen. You will have no idea because you treat me in a way that there's no plan. I will treat you in a way that there is no plan. There's no precision because that's the world you've chosen to live in, which is a very sad thing. Another pattern to notice in Aliyah is the missed Shemitos. Rashi does an incredibly long Cheshbon and the Ramban disagrees and has his own Cheshbon um, about how, if we match the years of the goddess, the exile, how, of, of, of Bavel, how many of those 70 years and how does that match up to the years that Shemitah was not kept? 
all the time that Israel was living in the land of Israel was not pro properly kept <laughs> every seven years for those, those multiple centuries that it wasn't kept, adding up to the amount of years that the land, so to speak, retook its, um, its rest. That is what's going on over here. And, and another pattern for the, why it is that there's going to be this goddess. Now, the question is, is, isn't that like a big price? I mean, Shemitah is a very important mitzvah, and we learned about it in Bahar extensively, the notion of shvias, of giving the land, leaving the land fallow. But the, does that do what demands goddess? So it's interesting. So there's a very interesting observation made by, made by Rabbi Yaakov Chai um, Zrihan, who was the, based in Inn. Um, to various is a very interesting um, observation, and that is um, the, the, the following, is that there's two modalities in which Hashem can express Himself in the world. Number one is, it can be through us acting in an upright and clear manner, and we show those around us how much God is involved in our lives. So case in point would be Shmita or Shvias. A person is a, is a farmer, and there's no logical reason why they should not farm on the seventh year and desist and not get profit after all the investment, but yet they do. And yet there still is blessing. And a person who lives in that way is an expression of Kiddush Hashem in the world in the most remarkable way. But let's say a person chooses not to, uh, to embrace that system. And a person says, no, that's not, that's not I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy being in control all the time. I'm, I, don't, I don't like this idea of stepping back. So if that model doesn't wor work, then our Kodesh Baruch Hu says, well, I'll give you another way to express Kiddush Hashem in the world. And that is you're going to be in exile. And I'm going to send you, you, you out into the nations and you're going to still continue to exist, to exist even though every other minority which is put into different, into different cultures and, and, and nations and lands without a centralized sovereign um, base, all completely assimilated and disappeared. That'll be the Kiddush Hashem. So there's two modalities, in the land why, while expressing Hashem or out of the land perhaps uh, um, is expressing Hashem in the Jewish history itself. Those are two models and these two models in fact um, are, are based on our choice. And that's what is being told to us in our Aliyah, is we can choose to serve Hashem in the land and be a Kiddush Hashem in that respect, or if we choose not to, then ultimately we may be a Kiddush Hashem, but by the negative, by not being destroyed as well. Mark Twain says to the Jews in a, in a very, very famous comment, he says he talks about the improbability, he talks about how, the, 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 how few Jews there really are in the world. And he says, to quote, his contributions to the world, uh, world's list of great names, literature, science, art, music, finance, medicine, um, and abstruse learning are very out of proportion to the weakness of his numbers. He has made a marvelous fight in the world of, in all ages and has done it with his hands tied behind him. He could be vain of himself and be excused for it. The Egyptians, the Babylonians and the Persians rose, filled the planet with the sound and splendor, then faded to dream strife and passed away. The Greeks and the Romans followed and made very vast noise and they, and they were gone. And other people sprung up and held their torch high for a time, but it burnt out. And they sat sit in twilight now and have vanished. The Jew saw them all, survived them all, and is now what he always was, exhibiting no decadence, no infirmities of age, no weakening of his parts, no slowing of his energies, no dulling of his alert, but aggressive mind. All things are mortal, but the Jews, all other forces pass, but he remains. What is the secret of his immortality? This is written in 1897. Um, and yes, that is one form of Kiddush Hashem, but that we'll call it is model two. Model one is when we're doing it in the land and we don't have to display that we don't, uh, that we don't, we don't disappear. That is mo model one, that's what we'll call it the, the Shvius model, the Shmita model, without having to go into the exile model. Now the Ramban does point out that there actually is a blessing hidden over here, which is that the Torah says, that your enemies will be desolate upon the land. And that is that even though we were not true and chaste to the land, the land will remain true to us. And that is even when the nation of Israel will get kicked out of the land, 
it will remain desolate despite all the efforts of anybody to cultivate it until the nation of Israel returns. And remarkably, this has been historically true for 2,000 years. The land has been very much a desolate land. If you read Mark Twain's description of visiting the Holy Land, visiting the Holy Land in the, uh, the mid-1800s, and he describes how desolate the land was. And yet, when the Yeshua Chadash, when, when Jews started returning en masse, the end of the, of the 1800s and through the 20th century, at that point in time, the land has now had an re incredible resurgence of greenery agricultural export to, to the degree which has been unparalleled in world history. That is part of the blessing in the curse, which is in Aralia as well. Finally, one last question in Aralia is, um, or two last questions is, why are the curses in uh, Bechul Kaisai and in Kisavo? Why are there two sets of curses? Ra the Ramban says famously that the, the, the curses in Pashas Bechul Kaisai are referring to the curses of um, the Bayes Rishon, of the first Bayes Amigdash. The curses in Kisavo are referring to the curses in the second Bayes, which is why in Ar Aliyah, which is referring to Bayes Rishon, according to the Ramban, they are much more, they are shorter than those found in Kisavo, and there's a very distinct end, like the end of the Golis Rishon in Bavel and Pras and, pa and Persia. However, when it comes to the other ones the, in Kisavo, it's extensive and there's no specific hard line ending, which is described as well, which is why the, it, it reflects these two stages in Jewish history, two different parishes to express that as well. Finally, one last point, which is a very beautiful observation, that is from Aralia and Pasukhovov, Perek Lamedzain, we hear about the idea of um, of um, Arevos, which is the idea of guarantorship, that every Jew is a guarantor of each other. The Apostolic says, that one person will trip over um, their, uh, a brother, and there's not even anybody chasing, uh, chasing one. Rashi says, this is Mikan Shekol Yisrael Arevim Zemoza, that all Jews are guarantors for one another, they have a bare responsibility. This is halachic implications, and that is, that, it, um, that if, let's say, a person has performed a mitzvah, but another Jew has not performed a mitzvah, and they are ob equally obligated in that mitzvah, you may, perform, you may say the bracha on that mitzvah for them, even though you've already done it. So, for instance, let's say somebody hears Kiddush, a husband hears Kiddush, comes home, his wife has not heard Kiddush, a husband may say Kiddush again, even though he's already fulfilled his obligation. Why so? The answer is, call Israel Arevim All of Israel are guarantors for one another. They bear the responsibility. In a certain sense, the husband has not fulfilled his obligation when, they are, uh, when, when the wife has not fulfilled her obligation. Therefore, you can say it on her behalf as an example in halacha. So the question becomes is, why did they learn it from this aliyah? This aliyah isn't talking about uh, guarantorship and brother, brotherhood and, and responsibility. This aliyah is talking about uh, pandemonium, the story about chaos, people running away and tripping over each other and dying. Well, well, why is that the place? We learn this from Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says in his book To Heal a Fractured World, that's precisely the point. That usually the guarantorship and brotherhood is, is, is governed by either a sovereign state or just a locality. Meaning to say you need to be near each other to bear responsibility for each other. Or you need to be part of a larger system. But what happens when you don't have that? What happens when you're kicked out of the land? What happens when you no longer have a state or language or culture? Is there still responsibility or co-responsibility? That's what Aliyah is telling us. That even as you run into Golos, there's going to be a level of responsibility born for each of you, for every one of, you, of your brothers. That's why the Spanish Jews will cry when there's a problem in Portugal. The Portuguese Jews will cry when there's a problem for the Jews in England. Every Jew around the world is connected to each other, even in the state of Golos. And that's why it's learned from this Aliyah. With this, we conclude the third Aliyah in Parashas Bechukhaisa. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.